Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. Ever since seeing Magnum PI as a kid maybe even the Brady Bunch go to Hawaii, I've wanted to visit the islands. I would finally get my chance a couple of years ago and decided to do it upright. I was going to the big island, Hawaii, and I rented a convertible, staying in a nice hotel, was going to go snorkeling and swimming, all that great stuff. And I would, but I would get an unexpected guest. You see, it would happen the first day I was there. I hopped in the car and I was going to go look at this sacred valley. Threw my bag in the back, and started driving. I stopped a couple of places, got something to eat, pulled into a park. Maybe an hour and a half later, I showed up at the valley, parked the car, and was getting ready to walk. But I thought, oh, I better grab my bag. My camera's in there. When I went to reach for my bag, it was covered in ants, black ants, all over it. Not just ants, but eggs everywhere. I freaked out, pulled my bag out, got the camera out, started swatting the ants out, pulled the mat out of the back seat, hit it against the floor to get the ants out, and then I spent about a half hour trying to get ants out of the back seat of the car. It seemed to go okay. I'd never seen this many ants. I wasn't sure how they got in, but I was just so in a rush to get on with my vacation, I didn't think much about it. I was a little freaked out, but I went into the valley, enjoyed it, got back in the car, went about my business. Two days later, I was going to walk a volcano at night. Wonderful experience. Pitch black. Get back to the car. It's around 3 a.m. Driving back to the hotel. Not feeling very good. Starting to sweat. I thought, well, it's late. Then I looked at my legs, and I had bite marks all over them. I thought, wow, that must have been something eating at me while I was walking along that volcano. I had sat down a couple of times. I had a high fever that night. By the next morning, though, it had gone away. I still had bite marks on my legs, but I felt a lot better. Went to breakfast, got in the car, and started driving. Was going to go to the southernmost bakery in the United States. I reached down at one point to scratch my leg and realized there were ants on my leg. Then I looked, and the whole car was still infested with ants. I guess I'm not the most observant person in the world that I didn't realize that my car was infested with ants, but I just about freaked out. Pulled into a gas station, looked underneath the seat. There was a whole ant's nest under there. I was livid. I went into the gas station and told them what was going on. They were really cool, gave me a can of ant spray, let me call the car rental place. I sprayed the back of the car and then drove like a madman to return the car. I freaked out on the rental people, of course they did nothing about it, they're like, well, you know, it's Hawaii. Later that day, I would go snorkeling beautiful area. I would sit down on the edge of this volcanic rock and I was letting my legs sit in the water to soothe the ant venom pain. And I thought, wow, this really is a beautiful place. But it is fraught with peril. And I understood exactly what Magnum went through every week. He was living in paradise, but that paradise was dangerous. And if he wanted to live there, he had to accept both of those things. And I did at that point. I put the ants out of my mind. I said, that's just Hawaii. And I enjoyed the rest of my vacation. On today's show, we're going to talk about Magnum P.I. We're going to talk about the characters, the actors who played them, the plot, how the show came to be, its success, and we're going to touch upon its future. Since this is Metagirl's favorite show, she is back with not one, but two top five lists for this week. we got a really great program ahead of us, so without further ado, 
Let's start the show. There's been a long tradition of TV shows set in Hawaii, most notably before the subject of our podcast today was probably Hawaii Five-O. Hawaii Five-O ran from 1968 and ceased production in 1980. One of the reasons that Magnum P.I. would be set in Hawaii was for that very reason. CBS did not want to close its Hawaii production offices. After Hawaii Five-O had stopped being produced, this show had come up that would be created by the powerhouse from the late 70s and 1980s, Don Belisario and Glenn Larson, and it was called Magnum P.I. So there would be substantial pressure on them to have the show set in Hawaii. Now, it's unclear which came first, Hawaii or Magnum. It seems like the show was actually created around the idea of Hawaii. So maybe that is why CBS chose it. Either way, I like to think of it as carrying the torch of Hawaii Five-O to a different generation. In fact, during the early seasons of Magnum P.I., 
there's actually references to Hawaii Five O, and they mention Steve McGarrett by name. McGarrett, of course, never makes an appearance on the show. So one could say that Magnum P.I., although a self-contained television classic, could be referenced as a sort of spin-off of Hawaii Five O. It could have really been a spin-off had they only decided to take one of the characters and put them in the show, which would have been great to carry on that legacy. Hawaii Five O was a great show. The show, of course, revolves around the adventures of Thomas Sullivan Magnum, who was played very ably by Tom Selleck in what was his breakthrough role. Magnum is a Vietnam vet who lives in a posh 200-acre beachfront estate that's known as the Robin's Nest, which is named after its owner, Robin Masters. The estate in Hawaii is actually known as the Anderson Estate and is located on the east shore of Oahu. It was built in the 1930s and has a large main house and a boathouse, which is where you see Magnum living all the time. In Magnum P.I., the estate was primarily used for exterior scenes. Virtually none of the shooting was actually done indoors, but instead was done at the Hawaii Film Studio. The Anderson Estate has been used in other shows as well. It was, of course, used in Hawaii Five-O and also in an episode of MacGyver and Murder, She Wrote. Magnum lives at this estate because he had done some favors for its owner, who we never see. They actually wanted to bring the owner Robin Masters into the show and had planned to have Orson Welles play that role, but he passed away before they were able to do a reveal on Robin Masters. This would lead to some convoluted explanations and storylines later in the series. In addition to some of the favors he had done for Robin Masters, ostensibly Magnum lives there because he is a security expert. Magnum is not alone at the Robin's Nest. It is also occupied by two highly trained Doberman pinchers named Zeus and Apollo and the manager of the estate, an Englishman named Jonathan Quayle Higgins III, who was played by John Hillerman. There's a sort of give and take between Higgins and Magnum throughout the show. Higgins is in charge of the estate, and Magnum, of course, wants to use all the amenities that the estate has. So in order to do so, he must barter for favor and do things that Higgins wants him to do. This is often the trigger for many of Magnum's adventures. As I mentioned earlier, they were going to have Orson Welles play Robin Masters, but since that never happened, there was this strange plot that would run through the show that kind of implied that Higgins was Robin Masters. Even though the possibility of this runs contrary to earlier things in the series, they continued this plot line, and in the final episode, he admits he is Robin Masters, but later would suggest that what he said about being Robin Masters was a lie. So we're left wondering and scratching our heads, is this Higgins uh, maintaining dual and triple identities, or is he just messing with Magnum? Personally, I like to think he's just messing with Magnum. The overarching story of Magnum P.I. is actually kind of interesting in the way that you see Thomas Magnum is this playboy. He lives in this palatial estate. He lives basically a dream lifestyle, hanging out with his war buddies, drinking beer, running on the beach, just living the life. But when it comes to his job, he takes it very seriously. You can see the seriousness in many episodes. Whenever anybody tries to shorthand even the term private investigator to PI, he's quite insistent that people know it's private investigator. You have to take this very seriously. This adds much-needed complexity to a show that could be oversimplified, but thankfully the writers and producers didn't stop with just a little quirk. The Magnum character would gain layers of often conflicting complexity as the show went on. Over the years, we in fact come to learn a lot about Thomas Sullivan Magnum IV. We know that his backstory includes a previous career as a U.S. Navy SEAL, that he grew up in Tidewater, Virginia, that he's originally from Detroit, and that his father, who was a naval aviator, had been killed during the Korean War. Magnum's specialty in the military was 
counterinsurgency, and Magnum would serve 11 years in the military, including three tours of service in Vietnam, and he would leave the Navy after becoming disillusioned with that particular war. The flashbacks were aplenty in Magnum P.I. This, of course, was helped along by two of Magnum's war buddies who happened to live almost right next door to him. And they were Theodore T.C. Calvin, who was a helicopter pilot who on the show operates a tourist charter business called Island Hoppers. And he pilots a used 500D helicopter. The other Vietnam vet that Magnum served with was Orville Wilbur Richard Rick Wright, who was the playboy manager of the King Kamehameha Club, which in the pilot was actually referred to as Rick's Café American, a reference to Casablanca. Rick was a weapons expert and the door gunner for TC's helicopter in Vietnam. should also be mentioned that Jonathan Quail Higgins III was also in the British military and is filled with war stories. So in almost any particular episode that you could get on Magnum P.I., you would get some sort of allusion to war, which could make for some very interesting plot points and lots and lots of flashbacks. Five, four, three. Two, one. Greetings, retro fans. This is Metagirl, bringing you the top five episodes from the television series Magnum P.I. At number five is season one, episode seven, Never Again, Never Again. When Saul and Lena, an aging couple who run a local shop, abruptly make plans to leave town, suspicious Magnum and Rick, who are friends with the couple, investigate only to arrive at the couple's home to see Saul whisked away in an ambulance after suffering a heart attack. Yet when they check at the hospital, he's not there, and it becomes apparent that Saul has been kidnapped. Number four is season four, episode four, Distant Relative. Under protest, Magnum agrees to chaperone Rick's visiting 22-year-old sister Wendy while Rick works at the club, and quickly discovers she's not the convent school innocent her brother thinks she is. Oh, Magnum. At number three is Season 5, Episode 5, Underworld. As he's about to take off in his helicopter after delivering a pair of newlyweds to Maui, TC is offered a lot of money to deliver a briefcase to Oahu. On his approach to the Island Hopper's headquarters, he loses control of his helicopter and crashes into the ocean. Number two is Season 6, Episode 10, Blood and Honor. Magnum is called back to naval service by Admiral Hawks, who has reason to suspect that there's a security leak at his naval base that is leaking coded information. But Hawks can't ask any of his own personnel to investigate, for any one of them could be the mole behind the breach. And the number one episode of Magnum P.I. is... Season 5, Episode 1, Echoes of the Mind. Thomas is hired by Diane Dupree, who was kidnapped as a child with her twin sister, and who now believes that someone is trying to kill her. And there you have it, the retroist top five episodes of Magnum P.I. Until next time, List fans, this has been Metagirl. The show, of course, had a great cast, starting with the breakout star of the show, Thomas William Selleck, who played the aptly named Thomas Magnum. Selleck's first appearance on television was actually when he was a college senior. He appeared on The Dating Game in 1965 and 1967. He lost both times. Maybe it was pre-mustache. He then got more serious into acting and did a bunch of small roles on TV and smaller movies. He eventually landed a recurring role as Lance White in The Rockford Files. 
then, after many years of very little interest by casting people, Magnum P.I. would come along. And then another big, big thing would happen to Tom Selleck. He would be cast as a little character named Indiana Jones in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Magnum P.I. producers, sadly, would not release Tom Selleck to do the movie. And after much debating as to what the right thing to do, what the honorable thing to do would be, Selleck decided, since he had already signed the contract with the people at Magnum P.I. a while ago, that that's what he should do. Sadly, the filming of the pilot of Magnum P.I. was actually delayed six months, which would have allowed Tom Selleck to do both Magnum and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Coincidentally, they even filmed parts of Raiders of the Lost Ark in Hawaii, where Tom Selleck would be for Magnum P.I. So this is a missed opportunity that Tom Selleck has talked about many times, and I'm sure something that haunts him greatly. Of course, the role of Indiana Jones would go to the consolation prize winner, Harrison Ford. I think you might have heard of him. Googly wigglies, man, where did you get this from? You didn't do nothing illegal, did you? The part of Theodore T.C. Calvin was played by Roger E. Mosley. Mosley had a couple of smaller roles beforehand. Most notably, he played the title character in the 1976 film Lead Belly, which was directed by Gordon Parks. He would guest star on shows like Starsky and Hutch, Kojak, Beretta. He had a role in Roots the Next Generation, but he's probably most famous for his role on Magnum P.I. Ahi sushi delivery, your wish for fish come true. Larry Minetti would play Orville Wilbur Richard Rick Wright. Wow, that's a mouthful. Minetti's first television role would be as a young detective in Jack Webb's Chase in 1973. He would then go on to play Bobby Boyle in Baba Black Sheep with his half-brother, Robert Conrad. He then went on to play a bookie in the short-lived NBC series The Duke in 1979. Luckily, the Duke didn't last long because Minetti would land the role the very next year on Magnum P.I. Over the years, he's had lots of small roles in lots of different shows. He's been on Emergency, Tales from the Dark Side, Battlestar Galactica, Renegade, Quantum Leap, Jag, and even Walker, Texas Ranger. Minetti wrote a book called Aloha Magnum, which was built around stories from his time on the set of Magnum P.I. And is a great book filled with anecdotes about fellow cast members and all the celebrity guest stars that would come on Magnum. Oh my God! John Hillerman would play Jonathan Quayle Higgins III. Hillerman's had quite a career. He's a little bit older than the other cast members, and he stuck mostly to theater until about 1970 when he started landing minor roles in major motion pictures. He was in The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, High Plains Drifter, Paper Moon, and to me, most notably, in Blazing Saddles. But much like everyone else on Magnum P.I., because it was such an important show, he is probably best known for his role on Magnum. It's interesting to hear Hillerman talk when he's not doing his British accent, because you got to remember... Hillerman's actually from Texas. I think everyone I've ever met and known has always thought that this was a British citizen who'd come to America. I often wonder if British people hear his accent and cringe when they do. I don't know. It seems very convincing to me. I'd like to just do a quick mention of another star of the show. Whenever you saw Magnum, you happened to see his car. He drove a really cool red Ferrari 308 GTB, which was a car manufactured by Ferrari in the 70s and 80s. I'll say this about Magnum P.I. Yeah, he was cool. He had the mustache. He wore Hawaiian shirts. He would wear shorts. But if you really want to know what made him stand out, it was him pulling up all the time in that red Ferrari. This car was a very memorable character on the show.
Now, although the show had a core cast of those main four, five if you count the car, there was a great number of recurring characters on the show, and they all helped to flesh out the Magnum universe very well. During seasons two through eight, you had Lieutenant Yoshi Tanaka, who was played by Kwan Hee Lim. In every season, you had Agatha Chumley, who was played by Gillian Dobbs, who was Higgins' friend. You had Magnum's nemesis, Colonel Buck Green, who was played by Lance Legault. In seasons two through eight, you had assistant DA Carol Baldwin, who was played by Kathleen Lloyd. In seasons three through eight, you had Lieutenant Mac, Mac Reynolds, who was played by Jeff McKay. Jeff McKay would also play Jim Bonnick, who was a con man that looked exactly like Mac Reynolds. And those are just the recurring characters. Magnum was known for having a great number of famous guest stars or people who were not famous at that point, who would go on to be famous. Which guest stars were the best? Here's Metagirl with a top five list. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm back, retro fans, bringing you another top five list for Magnum P.I. This is my favorite show, so I couldn't stop at just one. And now, the top five guest stars appearing on the television series... Magnum P.I. At number five is Jimmy Doohan. That's right, Scotty from Star Trek beamed aboard Magnum to play Archie McPherson in the episode Big Blow. Number four is Angela Lansbury, playing her famous character Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote in the episode Novel Connection. What a crossover! At number three is Carol Burnett, who played Susan Johnson in the episodes A Girl Named Sue and Rembrandt's Girl. Number two is Frank Sinatra, who played retired police sergeant Michael Doheny in the episode Laura. And the number one guest star on Magnum P.I. is Orson Welles, who though is never seen in the show, was the recurring mysterious voice of Robin Masters. And there you have it, the Retroist's top five guest stars on the television series Magnum P.I. Until next time, List fans, this has been Metagirl. Magnum premiered on CBS on December 11, 1980. The show was an instant hit. You had the likable Tom Selleck playing Magnum. Not only was he a good actor, but the ladies really liked him. You had the beautiful backdrop of Hawaii. You had great guest stars, solid writing. The show would go on to great success, especially in the first five seasons, where it would finish in the top 20 of U.S. television programs. Magnum was one of the highest rated shows on Thursday nights until 1984 rolled around. And then a little show called The Cosby Show premiered opposite Magnum P.I. And that show would eventually become the number one show on the air and continually outrated Magnum P.I. But the show was still great, so they decided to actually go out in a good way while they were still on top, so to speak. And at the end of the seventh season, they called it quits and did something that annoyed me to no end. They killed off Magnum, and that was intended to be the end of the series. Needless to say, the fans of the series freaked out. There was a huge outcry, and an eighth and final season was produced that brought Magnum back to life and rounded the series off in a way that was much more appealing to fans. This allowed CBS to run these really great seance commercials with the remaining live cast of the show. It's a lot of mumbo-jumbo. He's right, Higgins. You've gone too far. In the Burma campaign, a seance was quite successful in receiving important instructions from our departed colonel. But Thomas is dawn. He's history. I think you'll find that it's not entirely accurate. Thomas? Thomas? That you? 
Great stuff. But now with Magnum back alive, this, of course, left the door open for future Magnum projects. Universal thought that it had appeal and contracted a script from Tom Clancy that would deal with Magnum returning to the Navy and his subsequent adventures in the Navy. After reworking and talking it out and doing research, though, Universal ultimately felt that the script wouldn't be a big enough box office draw and would pass on it. I can understand why they passed in that part of the charm of Magnum P.I. was this laid-back setting in Hawaii and the disconnect of this professional guy doing all these jobs in paradise. Plus, it would be hard to hit on the comic elements without the cast that had already been established. But the Magnum movie idea wouldn't die, of course. Over the years, it's been resurrected and talked about. Now they've been talking about rebooting with a brand new Magnum in a brand new setting. Personally, I think that Tom Selleck could still pull it off and play an older Magnum, maybe for a made-for-TV movie, or even for a motion picture if done right. Time will tell. I read an interesting article about Magnum P.I., and it talked about the idea of these soldiers coming home damaged to this Hawaiian paradise, and how this was their idea of heaven after all this horrible, horrible stuff had happened to them. And that even though they were given this wonderful gift of living in paradise after all the hardship they've suffered, they still needed to maintain that paradise. And I kind of like that. I like to think of the boys, Higgins included, as warriors who've done their duty and have now moved on to a better place, but they still feel obligated to fight to keep it paradise. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at twitter.com slash retroist and facebook.com slash retroist. Why not follow me and be my friend? Thanks to Metagirl for those great top five lists. Remember, the Retroist Forum is open for business and we'd love to see you there. I'm sure we'll be discussing classic television and we'd love to hear your opinion about Magnum P.I. Thanks for listening to the show and I hope you have a great weekend. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.